Harris, thank you for coming on my podcast, brother. Well, man. I've got to say, you're the first person I've interviewed, officially. Very, very proud to to be the first. (laughs) On the Stephen Sully study. What about Tom? You you didn't do a thing with Tom? So that was for Woodbury, and he was was interviewing us. So this is now me doing... uh, He was interviewing you? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, thanks. Thanks for giving me a bit of your time. Um, So I obviously know you as a friend of mine now, as an artist. When I listened to your um, your interview that you done for H Club, which is Hospital Club, yeah, that was mad corny. That I, 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 I like that though because it was short, sharp, and people got to know you on it. But what I I forgot is you're not just an artist and also a friend of mine now, but you're a business person. Right on. So I like to like hit some of these head on and and talk about them because I think they're very very interesting. Um, cool. So for those who don't know you, even though you've got a mad following on Instagram, there's going to be an audience that maybe don't know you quite yet. For sure. So, who are you? What's your background? What is your journey so far? Where, where have you come from? So, it's a broad one. Uh, so, all right, so I take photographs. It's my primary thing. Mm-hmm. My cup of tea is creating visual narratives for people to navigate through through a photograph. In my new work now, trying to take a set of ideas and trying to take a director's workflow and implement that inside of photography so for rather than so what i spent the majority of my photography so far doing which was about five years so like maybe four years in fact what i spent doing is meeting people and going through a specific creative process whereby we create stuff spontaneously but we have the tools there to make it really fucking epic now i've kind of shifted my focus into that whole directorial photography style whereby there's this story to tell and then we smash it out by prepping super super heavy that's what i've dedicated myself to over the last year Mm -hmm. it's been fun it's been mental it's been exciting it's been really really different to what i'm used to but i think that the quality of work is completely different like it's it's like they're almost like two completely different products if you know what i mean yeah from the old photos to this stuff that i've got coming out in my next show yeah it's going to be epic. So, uh, just for the audience, how old are you currently right now? I am 29 years old. And how long have you been sort of making your work with the so I've been I've been shooting photos for five years. But I think, like, intrinsically, like, for my whole life, essentially, I've been somebody that creates stuff. Like, I've consistently been an artist, but it's through different mediums, through different things. Like, I've always wanted to take on feeling and try and express it because... So I, I, I'm, from, uh, I'm from Bosnia. Uh, I was born in Bosnia. I came here as a refugee <clears> with my brother <throat> and, my, and my mum when I was a little one, when I was three years old. My dad was sort of stuck in a thing called the Siege of Sarajevo. He was stuck there, but sort of like eventually, I think in 97, he flew back over when he finally managed to get out of this horrific wartime situation um, over there. But like with, with, with that, like, so my mum's hustled like a motherfucker. She was working crazy hard to learn English and then crazy hard to retrain as a doctor in English. And then as a doctor, straight onto like 70, 80 hour a week contract with Amazing. the NHS. Amazing life. Which is fucking nuts, right? So she set me like a foundation for high standards. It's kind of like everyone has time. You know, you know those fucking people that are like, oh yeah, no, I, I didn't have time today. It's like everyone has time. Like, yeah. Dude, if like Barack Obama could bang out like half an hour of exercise every morning, like everyone has time. Anyway, so she, she's kind of like my North Star when it comes to work ethic, right? But during that transitional phase, like I spent a lot of time on my own as a little one mm-hmm. and I was pretty, pretty fucking confused. I wasn't, I was unfortunately not necessarily particularly well socialized due to the, yeah. due to the inclement situation. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time like wondering why. And I remember as a little one, and I'm talking like four or five years old, I'd, walk, I'd, I'd watch TV, shit that I totally didn't understand. And then I'd try and include that in my social life in school and stuff like that. Right. Like I'd walk up to kids and be like, um, so what do you think the meaning of life is? And they're like, I don't fucking know, man. I'm trying to play football. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So like for, from a really young age, I was confused and, and I struggled to express myself and to fit in because like I just, I just didn't fucking get it. Yeah. So uh, You were so, intrigued about so, certain things. So my reflection of the world was probably pretty different to everyone else's yeah. like from the get because my, 
my whole situation was very like learn for yourself. Yeah. And uh, there really wasn't a hand to hold in that respect. And then that kind of, this is how the world works, right? So I, I was consistently putting shit out. I was consistently drawing. I was consistently like making music, writing beats, playing guitar badly. And um, just trying to fucking get it out of me until I found the thing that clicked. So I, I started a fashion like So I, I was working in advertising. I was literally like properly on the verge of just jumping off a building. Like I had had enough of that. You working in London? I was working in London, yeah. yeah. I was working in advertising. I was working for a corporation. And, and God bless them. Everyone's lovely. It's a great business. Everything. It's just, it's, I'm not that guy. Like really, I'm not that guy. In my heart of hearts, I knew that I wasn't that guy, but there wasn't uh, an avenue for me. I didn't, again, I didn't have that, that idea that perhaps I could start a business. Perhaps I could say... So I started a fashion company with my mate, whose dad, my mate Milo, shout him out, whose <laughs> who's, who's dad, because um, he, he always has a go if I don't shout him out, so big up Milo. Big up um, Milo. And uh, his dad gave us a grand and he was like, yeah, there you go. And, and we were like, okay. And for me, I was like, fucking hell, yeah, grand, sick. So, <laughs> so we took that and we made some clothes and I was like, wicked. But uh, I'd take photos of the clothes. So I've always loved designing, I always loved branding alongside basically anything that involves making something. And I had to take photos of the stuff. So I went to John Lewis, bought a camera, and literally, like, the first time that shutter clicked, I was like, Euphoria. This is the fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like, it may, like, it's the exact sprinkles. Of, it's like the KFC special recipe. There's those seven herbs and spices up in that bitch that just made, made that perfect recipe for me. Yeah. Like, from the way I feel when I'm doing it, the product that I'm creating, the interactions with the people, the length of time I'm doing it for, every single thing clicked. And in my head, I always knew how I wanted photos to look and they never looked like how other people were taking them. Mm. So I learned Photoshop, I worked in advertising, I did a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can use my skills there to figure out how to take my photos and elevate them to a level where they look the way that in my brain they should look. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, and that, that's how the style was born. That's and amazing. I, and that's how I, how I landed where I have. You know, the, the, um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love hearing people's stories. For me, it gives me motivation. It gives me inspiration, but it also gives me an education to then unfold and do, do things I want to do. Right on. And listening to LeBron James this morning on Tim Ferriss' podcast, he too had a slightly similar to what you just said about your mum being the, the main person driving you forward. His mum also had him. Oh, my, six, my dad's awesome as well. Okay. Like for sure. Like okay. it just wasn't like, it was just at, at, yeah. at, at doing some shit. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. And she had him at 16. And it just seems like sometimes when there's that bit of an adverse background, right on. great things can normally develop from there basically because it gives you that grit and determination. Yeah. You either in life accept who you are or accept what your circumstances are or you can change it and right. it first starts with your mind and it's what I noticed about you you're kind of like very driven very strong minded but also remember kind of where you come from and it's like it's really really nice and refreshing to see Appreciate so it. so what um, that, that's it's an interesting point that I could chat about that for, for yeah. ages that, that the adversity thing I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I, I really do think <clears> that if your neutral is lower than other people's neutral, then by virtue of that, the likelihood is, is that we're going to need higher highs to match our neutral because our neutral is lower. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you feel what I'm yeah. saying? It's like, I think it's about contrast. Like if life is rad or if, in fact, if life is like average, then our highs only need to be average. Like we can go out drinking on the weekend with our mates and that's the, that's the biggest high we need. We can continue with life and we can get all the way to that deathbed without having a, a, a fucking psychological breakdown because our lowest lows are here. Like we have a tough day at work, like a wife gives us some shit, whatever. Like somebody dies, like what, they just there's, there's the standard life lows, right? Mm -hmm. But I think with people that, that started off on that lower baseline, we need the bigger upswing because our low can be so low. Yeah. Like mental breakdown low mm -hmm. that, that we, we simply need to create those fucking highs. Yeah. And smaller things won't, won't do. I think that like the same people that become uh, business leaders or artists or um, successful musicians or amazing athletes or sales dons 
are the same people that are addicted to heroin, addicted yeah. to meth. The same people because those people just unfortunately didn't find the thing. Yeah. But they all still had that fucking spark in them that needed that swing. Yeah. Like, thank God that with you and I and the, and the people around us, like, we didn't fall into fentanyl or something before yeah. we fell into smashing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because that, that's like our drug, right? Yeah. I was going to say, like, whether it is business or even going down to the gym, for me, going to the gym is a drug. Word. It's a healthy drug. And I think we all got our vices, and some people do it in a maybe in a, an aggressive or a way where they have to drink or whatever. Yeah. And other people will go to the gym or they will do other stuff to get their, their fix. But you're right, everyone needs their kind of their kick and their highs. Um, yeah. But going back to the point, like, I think an adverse background, even though you wouldn't want to wish it on anybody, in actual fact, it's a good foundation to, sometimes to grow a massive empire and start your own brand. And I think, again, you clearly recognise that coming from another country over here and then even your parents couldn't even speak English. I mean, there is no excuse. If people say I can't be successful because I haven't got enough time or enough opportunity, that's yeah. bullshit. You're a clear example that coming to the country, can't really speak English, very, very difficult to get around and then you start building yourself up and that's testament to your mum and you also your dad as well. Yeah, so... So, Don's so yeah, so... Um, I mean, I've got a friend of mine as well who was, who's Turkish and he's yeah. built up a company and I'm hoping to get him on my podcast at some point to half a billion strong. Damn. They couldn't even speak English initially. That's crazy. You know, and they had no money. So he got these, dude. Yeah, so um, it's very, very inspiring. So you are... Yes. One of the interviews I listened to to that you've done right. you said, mentioned about photography but in actual fact it's more than that because unlike a canvas painter like Hamilton right. with photography you're not just a photographer you're someone that is a producer like a film director almost because you need to direct how the cast is going and everything else can you go a little bit further into it I mean what, how did you get that skill how do you, how do you figure out how to place people and get the right light and stuff that's interesting yeah so I, I mean I spent I spent some time in management I spend some time uh, looking after different people. Um, in the past, I think it gives me that, that base skill of like just knowing what to do in that situation. But it's an interesting one. I, th I think, are you asking me from like a creative standpoint, kind of like well, you how know, I make the decisions? Or On the face value of it, anyone who's got even a small interest in photography, it's almost like, well, you get a camera and you point and you shoot. Uh, and that's the basics, but in actual fact, there's more, there's more, there's more sure. depth to it. So, like, sure. I, th I think, I think, like, so for my main body of work, most of the stuff I've done, most of it's predicated on this idea that essentially we're, we're tribal creatures. Um, this is saying that spans from the story I told you about my youth. When I was a kid, like, knocking about, no matter what you're into, whether you're a footballer, whether you're XYZ, whatever it is, if a fight breaks out in school, everyone runs over. If two people are making art in school, everyone runs over. If like Sally and Jack shagged last night, fucking everyone wants to know, man. And it's yeah. like, I think there's this, this tribal sensibility. There's this thing inside of us. Have you, you ever been on the, on, on the tube and locked eyes with someone you don't know? Yeah. And it feels weird. Yeah. It's like intimidating. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, if you kept looking, it feels like you could get into a fight. Yeah. Even though you don't fucking know each other, all yeah. you did was look at each other. But if you look away first, you feel like 15 seconds of shame. Yeah. And if they look away first, then you feel like there's 15 seconds of victory. And then you completely forget about the fucking thing. It's so mad because right? what you're saying is so true. So, so that, I think that's this tribal thing that's like left in us. We're the descendants of people that basically helped each other out. Yeah. Um, and we have the, these tribal principles in us that back in the day would help us from crossing pathogens. Like that disgust thing where you look at each other. It stops us from crossing pathogens. So your tribe can't infect my tribe. So I don't go home after meeting you and give them all some massive fucking disease. Uh, and I think that I, I love that, that tribal idea that in us, regardless of who we are, there's this unifying factor. And with my images, like, I'd really like, well, with, with the main bulk of it, with this new, and this new exhibition is different, but with the bulk of the stuff that I've done, it's really predicated on that and trying to pull that out of someone. And I think like once, once as a photographer you know what it is that you're trying to pull out somebody once you can weave a narrative into it once like you can help them understand what direction you're coming from i think that it will become simple i like to focus on how a model performs as a performance rather than as posing yeah do you know what i mean yeah so so you, i usually go through a little bit of a workflow that's 
that takes them through a set of emotions and we probably have a laugh as well yeah. to get to a stage where we feel mega comfortable yeah. and judged to, to really like explore those expressions. Yeah, because I was going to say, personally, when it comes down to, to art, sculptures or neon lights or canvas work or anything, my personal favourite is photography. I'm not just saying it because you're here. It is God's honest truth. Right. Because it's real, you know, real, usually it's real people, real things happening, but the artist has captured it in such a way that it resonates. Sorry. And with your work, what I like about it is actually quite dark, a lot of it, but then you have these mad fluorescent colours here and there, which brings excitement to it. But my favourite piece is the one you showed me before, which is, I think it's the nurse from the NHS. Right, okay. With, with the arm? The one that's not out yet. Oh, can I talk about it? <laughs> you can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, going to have to draw that motherfucker soon. <laughs> I, maybe I'll end up buying that one for myself, but... Please do, bro. The, um, why I like it, I mean, you can elaborate, but... You, I sold you speak, one yesterday, you, you, Congrats, man. Um, you speak about the, the story, about behind that one. Can you just, like, tell the audience what that's about? Because I've just had a kid, as you well know, recently, and up until that point... You know, NHS is a great thing, but that's as far as it went for me. Dude. But being in the hospital and now seeing what these doctors, but most fucking importantly nurses go heroes. through, they should be all be millionaires because they what they do, fuck all. I know, is incredible. So yeah, I wanted to just hear your side of it and why that bit of artwork is so important. It's insane. It's insane how these human beings are treated. So my mom's obviously absolute hustler. Well, she's not a hustler in fact, yeah. She just works bloody hard and has a deep respect for what she does. Uh, but she's been she's been in the NHS for a long time and she's enjoyed her time at the NHS and she's retired now bless her but she, well, she in fact she's got another job at the NHS anyway but she's like retired now but just seeing how how that whole thing happened really really inspired that piece um I want to drop it to talk about it do you know what I mean like I want to show people it and and tell them about it but there is a piece coming out and it's it's really about my deep respect for the NHS and and the things they do and also the psychology and the amount of faith that you need as an individual to do this job. Like I dated, I dated a nurse for a, for a little while, um, a few years ago as well. And that was just like seeing the life that she had to live and the brutality she had to put up with and how little she was paid. Mm. What's fundamentally clear is that it's not about the money or the remuneration or even the pat on the back. These are good people. Mm doing something that makes them feel fulfilled back yeah. to that tribal thing it's like um we were always set to contribute to our tribe and what contribute what, what bigger contribution could you have than yeah helping people recover that's insane right yeah so yeah i mean that's as much as i can say about it until it drops cool i'm mega excited for it to drop though. yeah me too and me we'll too. do another one of these and i'll run through all of the ones. definitely so let's talk about the one we've got here at woodbury house because that's where we're yes. at yeah um you came and signed it for us Straight up. So Nukem, just talk about the tagline now, or your name. Nukem. Yeah, where did yeah. that come from? Nukem came from this really, Duke. really Nukem. stupid video game. I probably should I love it. it. I'll probably get in some trademark row over this, but came from this uh, silly video game called Duke Nukem, which I loved as a kid. It's like- I it's, love it. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but so when, when my dad came back from uh, Bosnia, obviously he had like, he's just come out of a war. And, uh, and we were very set, we were very different. Like I grew up here, he was over there going through some shit. So like uh, one of our first like bonding moments, I remember we was, we were in uh, some shop somewhere and uh, there was like a bargain bucket video games, you know, and Duke Nukem was there. And I was like, go on dad, please, please, please work for me. It's like fucking 18 rated game. I got a little yeah. kid. He's like, ah, fuck it, go on him. So he picks it up and then, <clears> and then uh, <throat> and we started playing it together. And that was like, and we both just, Dug it. We just thought it was hilarious. It's such a like a ridiculous game, <laughs> and I mean, and, and, and the character couldn't be anything further from my ideology. But I thought it was, uh, thought it was funny. So back in the MySpace days, my, this this dude I know called himself Ashley Rambo. I was like, I'm gonna call myself Harris Newcomb. I thought that was thought that was cool. It's stuck, stuck. And now, it's a cool name, now, man. now I still use it. It's wicked. It's yeah. wicked. It even looks good when you sign like your work. Yeah, man. It's like a not a proper Harris Newcomb piece unless you've got that pink signature oh, fuck on yeah, it. For it's sure. so good. Yeah. So that piece that we've got describing it is a female with smoking a cigarette, right. got a patch on. Yeah. Looks like she's been battered and bruised. Looked like a good night out on a Thursday in Soho, maybe. Oh, <laughs> so she was. So that. So that image is called Intentions. Uh, it actually, it sits alongside another piece of the same girl with her hair down. Right. Uh, looking quite vulnerable. So 
The idea behind this piece is that the things that we wear, the stuff that we own, the uh, accessories we use, the makeup that put on, the way that we do our hair, all of these things are like information and they can all be fabricated. Like this is like data. This is like data stuck onto a person to give you an idea of who they might be. Mm -hmm. So like when you walk down the street and you see somebody in a pair of like those big like Rockport boots with like chains and studs around their neck and like black eye makeup and with like a Gorgoroff t-shirt on, like it's pretty easy to tell who they are, you know? And it's like our, it's like our core form of communication. So I really wanted to push that to or one of our core forms of non-verbal communication i wanted to push that to to kind of its limits with that series and that yeah. that piece because there's there's another piece in that series uh which is a picture of my friend polly as mary like looking mega magisterial and like regal but this one wanted to look somewhat like a J, like a james bond villain and very then, much does and she's got these red fingertips to insinuate that like she's got her hands dirty as she's smoking a cigarette looking really ominous and then that would sit alongside a, an image of her looking really fragile naked uh with her hair down with no makeup on at all just like mm. posing the reality of the situation right yeah and uh i suppose it's like commentary on you know those people that just front yeah who ain't shit yeah <laughs> Not that I want to put people down for being, do you know what I mean? But yeah, of course. You get a lot of them in this game where people just, yeah. But then you meet them and they're just there's no, giving there's, you nothing. There's nothing. But, yeah. Straight up. No yeah. story, no yeah, nothing. A bit hollow. Yeah, almost. Just a lot of them. The Instagram world, sir. Yeah, this is it. Well, God bless them though, innit? If they're getting the kicks out of it, let them continue, I guess. I think like, like yeah, I, like, Every day that I age, every day that like I, the, my empathy grows and grows and grows and grows, I do look at these folk and I think like, man, like I I'm I believe in a, in this idea that we're we're born like this ball of mush that doesn't really have any properties, and then it's our genetics, it's how we look in relation to our environment and the people around us that decides who we become. Yeah, uh, and then as we can during the first four years, or four to seven, but that, that's the core insecurities that we can't change. That mm -hmm. like we really can't change those. We can add layers of shit on top of them, but we can't change those. And then after that, there's just there's, it's just a litany of insecurities. Yeah, but those insecurities basically help us navigate. They build our personality, of course, because we would be these like free and open, like ultra honest, beautiful creatures. At the same time, we probably offend each other all the time and yeah. be absolutely douchebags. So if we're not insecure, <laughs> then we don't have the empathy to understand what would make one another insecure, right? Yeah. We don't want to inflict that on each other, right? Of course. Um, so yeah, I, be I believe that they, like everyone's kind of just on this path. They've just taken a journey. You can't really change it. Like yeah. The things that happen lead to the next things that happen. Yeah. Even though we feel like we have choice, I think it's called uh, determinism. Like we, we don't have choice. We, we just crack on. And with that in mind... These like fairly hollow folk, like mm. bless them, because like that's just the way they fucking are. Yeah, like they can't really do anything about it. They're, their insecurities were born. They they're probably shit things happened to them in life and made them feel like they should get gold teeth and have no personality. Yeah, they might be just trying to, I know, build themselves up, and it might actually help them later on. But it's just a weird world at the moment with social media. I mean, some people are trying to do good and they're trying to stick to what they're preaching, but then other people are clearly not. Hence why I said they're a bit hollow, you know. Maybe in the face not. of it, they look something, but behind is there's nothing really. I mean, that's what, that's why I love what you're doing because I think that for as much as you sell art, you have some very fucking dope watches, which I'm a big fan of. Thank you. Um, you got a nice one yourself, Rolex. You're, 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 you're trying to you're trying to help people. You're putting stuff out there. You're putting out content. What you said before we started filming this about uh, or recording this about about putting out stuff, and if it starts adding value, it truly will move. Yeah. And I think that's beautiful. That's, that's the exact same philosophy I had with taking photographs. I wasn't trying to shoot influences. I wasn't trying to do any of that sort of stuff. Yeah. I was just trying to do something cool. Yeah. And uh, like those things, if they're unique, will naturally catch wind. You know, yeah. They always talk about like mentors or investment, business gurus, millionaires, billionaires. They always talk about adding value first and then you get paid for it in direct proportion to how much value you've given to the world or your audience. Yeah. And for a while, it even took me 
you know, years to really understand what that actually meant. So, uh, so like even with the my podcast, Stephen Sally Study, it's like I'm not charging anyone for it. I'm not trying to put adverts and try and make revenue from it. I'm just literally putting out what I believe is is good information and interviewing successful people like yourself. And some people will like it, some people won't like it. But either way, it's okay because someone's going to have an opinion on it, and well, then they no. can they can talk, they can start talking about it, and that sparks debate. But anyway, go, going back to your art because. I think it's incredible. Um, would you say you've ever got inspiration from an artist? And I'm, what I'm leading to is on that wall next door at Woodbury, yeah. you've got your fantastic bit of art, which am I right in saying it come from the Mandrake Hotel? Can we say that? Yeah, the, the Mandrake Hotel have a large special edition of it. Yeah, yeah. which is wicked because it's such a cool hotel. Yeah, and I, it's I'm, just down the road from here. I'm grateful, grateful to how those guys support me too. Yeah. I was very, very pleased to. Well, that valid, I mean, look, you're you're validated anyway because of who you are and everything else. But a big hotel yeah, like that, classy. looking at looking at your work and saying we want to put this in our top penthouse. I mean that's incredible. But on that wall, like I said in, in Woodbury here, next yeah. to it is a Mario Testino. Right now we know what who Mario Testino is. I that's mean a, he's uh, very successful. Shoots all the top top models: Cara Delevingne, Naomi Campbell. The list is endless. Right on. Um, People like him, has he ever given you inspiration? Have you ever looked at someone like him or someone else? Is there anyone that's, you know, you thought, you know what, I don't want to be them, but I'm going to take parts of what they've done. I think tonally the most inspiring thing to me has been like the paintings of like Caravaggio and uh, like old Renaissance work is what floats my boat and inspires my palette for sure. Like hands down 100%. In terms of photography, there's, there's things that I lean towards there's a lot of photographers that I really like, but none, none that I could say particularly inspire me. I think like, David LaChapelle is quite inspiring in the fact that there's so much shit going on. I love his photos for how vibrant they are and how much stuff there is going on. So Mario Testino had a great career and he's done some really, really cool stuff. I think certainly, certainly in terms of like the people they shot and everything else, I think it's, it's super inspirational. I think it's, it's very, very beautiful. I think I'd always, always fall back to Renaissance art in terms of inspiration for the visual aspects of, of my photography and I'd suggest that it was my stupid and misled life and growing out of a world of insecurities mm. that inspires the things that I do. Yeah, wicked. So on, on that note as well, I mean, you, you know, like even these works behind us by, by Richard Hamilton, like I'm not from the art market. It sounds weird because I've been in it five years and our company between me and my business partner Michael and the fantastic team that we've got, we've managed to get into some incredible publications, Forbes, Huffington Post, Wall Street International, blah, blah, blah. And it's like a bit mad that we, as people not come from the art market, have actually got into these publications, done some incredible stuff, met right. people like you, and this whole journey is just unfolding. When I got told about Hamilton, visually, I was almost like, okay, it's cool, but let's be real, it's black on a bit of canvas but it was until the story and I started understanding the story then my education started molding my taste and now when I look at it, I'm like that's incredible shit because I had to know the backstory how important do you think it is when people are looking at your work from a visual standpoint I think it's fantastic but do you think Thanks, people need the backstory to really yeah. appreciate it before they purchase or do you Definitely. think yeah yeah for sure for sure I think it's probably the most important thing I mean specifically with my new body of work which I'm bringing out probably spring next year <clears throat> it's completely allegorical so like everything that's in every single piece is put there for a reason every different item in, and the placement and the, where it is in the picture all have a message like again going back to the old schoolers back in the Renaissance, Renaissance days yeah. I, th I think that yeah, I think that narrative is everything. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, um, my next project is about the idea of faith. Yeah. Like, where we place our faith as a society. Like, religion is a beautiful thing, but I think for a lot of people, it's debunked now. It's something that people don't feel necessarily, like, people don't feel it easy to go to, like, they, they did used to. But we still need a place to put our faith, whether that's people, like, getting into the secret or people buying... Um, crystals mm -hmm. uh people learning to meditate or do yoga people flying to bali to find themselves joining different social justice movements yeah um whatever it is people are essentially finding a place to put their faith yeah right now and and and, and my next body of work is, is an exploration of that yeah uh looking at from consumer culture to the nhs 
all the way over to um, the stuff with the Me Too movement in Hollywood. Right. And what happens? What happens when we give in to all of the stimulus around us and a bunch of positive stories too? Yeah, that's what I'm doing for that. That's wicked. Yeah, man. Um, as I said before, we started uh, recording. Like Hamilton, probably Keith Haring, but I don't know so much about him. But I definitely know about Jean Michel Basquiat. I mean, some of these people started a movement in street art, uh, well known as public art, and their works are going for an incredible amount of money. I mean, Basquiat breached over a hundred million dollars in an auction, hundred and ten point five or something, not even that long ago. But many people, it's in the public domain, says that when he was on heroin and at his lowest point, that's some of the best work. But then when he came off of it, still work was great, but it wasn't recognised as it's kind of like the true Basquiat work. Right. Now, lo- people have loads of different opinions on it. With yourself, speaking about like mental health, depression and stuff, do you think, think it had any part to play with anything? Or do you think it's yeah. important to like channel it and express it through the work? Or where does that sit with you? Yeah, for sure. For me, everything is up and down. So I go through like long down swings. Mm-hmm. and pretty sizable upswings too. Mm-hmm. So in the downswings, now I understand them, now that I see this pattern throughout basically my whole life, I understand what the assets of it are because we imagine depression to be something that sucks and you have to fix it. What I realized was that I can navigate it and find its benefits. So yeah. I will I will soak in information much better if I'm down. I can listen to podcasts and do nothing else but listen to the podcast, which I which I definitely I can't focus on listening to two people talk mm. for three hours. If I'm up, I have to be doing some other shit, like jogging or something. Um, with if I'm down, I can. I can take in information, I can take in stimulus, I can be inspired and learn, I can read, I can do all of these things. And even though I won't have the ins- excitement of inspiration, during the transitional phase to the upswing, all of the ideas will come, like all of them. And my brain will fucking explode with good shit and then I start drawing and I'll draw it all down so that I know what it is. So that during my upswing, when Absolutely, I'm not going to be creating necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, I, I will create, but that's not when the ideas are formed. It's always during that transitional s- stage. So like the downswing for me is actually really, really special. And all of my research into society, into uh, what's happening in social justice movements and everything else is for my upcoming exhibition. It actually came during a very heavy downswing. Yeah. And um, the inspiration to actually do a show came to sort my head out because I was going because I, I was really, really low. I flew to Croatia for a month and it was during that time that I drew all of my pictures and I, I forced myself to be alone for a good few days of it before, before my friends came out and I forced myself to draw every single idea that I had so that I could then show people what I wanted to do and hopefully get the funding yeah. to actually take the photos. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, I think mental health is... I, I call it mental health weird... Depression, specifically, yeah. in, in, in my remit, is, is really useful. Yeah. And without it, I wouldn't make anything. Yeah. And I'd probably be back in an office. You know, like um, fear, depression, anxiety, voices in people's heads, pain, all the list goes on. We all affiliate all this with negativity, and you can understand why. But really, as, as you just dissected there, when you drill down into it, all these things are there to serve us. Going to Mike Tyson, I love talking about boxing because I think it's a, almost a metaphor for life itself, business, art, everything. Yeah. Mike Tyson, he said on the way to the ring, he was the most fearful he was. And that served him because his art was knocking some of the fuck out in that ring. And he was notorious for doing it. And he grossed over $400 million. He was the youngest heavyweight champion ever it existed. But he clearly stated that on the way to the ring, he was so nervous and so afraid but then that allowed him to go on to be great. So what you're saying is in the downtimes, you're absorbing loads of stuff and then on the upswing, you can take it and convert it into like yeah, creativity. I got, uh, yeah, on the upswing, I have that unstoppable drive that will get everything done without compromise. Amazing. Sure. And I think, but I, but I don't have that in the, on the down bits, but on the down bits, I have that. Well, it's like suffering. You need to plug that space, you know? Yeah. That you need to fill... When you feel empty, you need to fill it with something 
And I think a lot of people do drugs and drink and everything else. I just try and get stimulus because I know that that upswing's coming. Yeah. So I try and get stimulus, like intellectual stimulus that I can then put out in my work. Yeah, that's incredible. Cool. Well, I, I do my best. I, I, I spent many years suffering not knowing to do that, being a mess, like being really sad, being like borderline alcoholic or addicted to drugs. I was like a total mess in my life. But yeah, I thank God for real for, for that. Yeah. For that realization with photography. It changed my whole fucking life. And yeah. Like, and I, I, yeah, I'm very, very, very grateful. Well, like you said at the start, like, uh, thankfully, myself, yourself, and loads of other people have found a path or a direction where they can channel, you know, some of their thoughts and feelings into, into something which is going to be very, very positive, but other people can't. Right. I'm a part of uh, a wellness community that we started called Mimboso. And one of the reasons why we started it is, you know, it's a free platform to go on to. And the reason why, again, is to talk about certain things like this and is to make you a better person to pursue that perfection. So that's why I wanted to touch on that because I think mental health depression is still a taboo subject and it needs to be, that needs to be eradicated. It should be normal. should be able to talk talk about it easily. Um, But yeah, so art and doing the thing that you love to do is a way of channeling it. So about the market then, your own market. So art is no doubt thriving. I mean, people buying it because it, it looks great. People buying art photography art sculptures whatever because it can decorate their home their office it's just something they want to collect but you've also getting a huge wave of investors now which are coming into the market you know buying i know it's definitely with hamilton's so with yourself being an artist is dead (laughs) maybe but then you've got people like jeff coons damien hurst you know their pieces are going up yes what's your take on like artwork being kind of used as an investment vehicle? I mean, are you with that? That you care? You know, what is your view on it? My favourite clients of mine, or collectors, I should say, in fact, aren't the uh, millionaires. They're not the people that crush it in life. God knows I love them. But the, the people that mean the most to me, for sure, are the people that save up their money, mm-hmm. who own a small roofing company or building company, Geezer's over in, uh, shit, I can't remember where he lives, man. There's this geezer called Ben, Italian fella, saved, like proper saved up, bought a piece. And I just thought that was fucking wicked. And I went down to his house, like all the way down to his like sort of family home where he's put it up in his bedroom. And I was, I was so, so glad to meet him. And I know that for real, that art to this man means something like visceral. This is a really important thing for him. Yeah. So that, like that, that's one statement I gotta get out of there. Like those human beings float my boat like fucking crazy. I do it for them, like for real, that's because they, they are real human beings just like me, and they can achieve rad shit too. Uh, regarding investment, you know what? I'd really like my work to go up in value, and over the, in this next exhibition, it will for sure. But the cost of it is definitely goes up on this in this next ex- exhibition because the body of work is very different. As it's, it's far heavier production, much more work went into it and it's uh, a lot more expensive to produce as well. Right. And of course, like as an artist who wouldn't want their work to continue to increase in value and like it's for sure my goal to get more and more ridiculous with concepts, ideas and sets. So I need to keep bumping it up so that I can keep producing bigger and bigger and more and more crazy ideas. Yeah. And that's really my dream. Uh, It's what I consistently work on. Regarding art as an investment vehicle in general, I suppose it's not my business yet. Yeah. But um, when I when I'm in that when I'm in that space, when I have that opportunity, then I'll I'll, I'll look at it and perhaps I'll have a, a decent opinion on it. Yeah. Cool. It's just one thing I noticed as I got into the art market. You have a conversation with like more of a business person, and they're talking about numbers, of course, because right yeah. it's got to make sense the business. But then you talk to a thoroughbred artist or someone who's been involved with art for such a long time. And that's almost like a taboo. Don't talk about art as being an investment and everything yeah, else. I understand that. Though. But, but now, so do I. I get both worlds. Yeah. Uh, but now they're overlapping. And, you know, there's also been documentaries on the BBC, like The Banker's Guide to Art and all these kind of things. And it's really, really interesting to see what I love about art now is you meet such a wide demographic. You meet some nutters. You meet some bloody really eccentric kind of people then you meet these really quiet people then you meet these i know like people that who are mega wealthy but you never realize and they they bring them all, all under one roof almost and that's what i i kind of love about it 
Yeah. It it brings all walks of life together and it's it's just a nice thing. But um straight up. So the vision. Where do you see yourself in the next five or ten years? Maybe art or just question. yourself. What what are you gonna do? I'm gonna keep producing art for sure. I'm gonna keep doing shows. I hope to continually do annual shows. Today, uh, I'm gonna drop my first print. I'm not sure when you're putting this out, but so today I'm gonna drop my first like paper print, large edition, like fifty. Fifty uh, pieces in that sort of an A two ish size. And where can people find that? It's going to be on NukemSupply.com. Nice. Uh, but it'll be on my Instagram on that. Cool. But, but I'm I'm pretty excited about that because I like, genuinely right. So I've I've got a bunch of followers on Instagram and they've given me the platform to do what I do, which is a blessing. And for forever, I've wanted to do something that they can afford, like put something out there that I can give to them. So. There's this wonderful image called um, The World Was Never Promised and it's probably my favourite portrait I've ever taken in terms of like photo of somebody's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've decided to dedicate it to that market <clears throat> to brush it out across a larger edition. Yep. Yeah, so I'm really, really excited to put that out. And I think that if that works out, maybe I'll put out like two or three a year. Incredible. In terms of those things. Yeah. Should be sick. Uh I'm interested to see where that goes. I'm very interested to see that where that goes. But so my next show will probably be in spring next year. Okay. Uh, so, so sort of like probably like March, April time. Yep. So talking to a lot of different people about how that's going to come together, where that's going to be. Yep. I'm stupid pumped about that. I really want to see how that goes. I'm extremely positive about it. I'm very excited. I'm very, very optimistic about the outcome. Um, once that's done, it's going to give me a great understanding of what my next steps can be. So I want to do a year on year show. I, I want to do a yearly show. So, but I want every single one to get much bigger. I want the production in each image to get much larger. Mm-hmm. So that like Gregory Crudson level is this amazing photographer that shoots these, that shuts down a whole street to shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd love to start doing stuff like that too. So as it expands, the collections will expand and they will change. So every collection will be a decent bit different to the one that preceded it. Amazing. I think in terms of uh, looking at it as investment, yeah, as it, I think that gives, that gives it an interesting dynamic too because every exhibition will be stylistically really quite different. Yeah, yeah. Which, which, uh, which excites me. I mean, personally, if I was an artist and I don't have the, the skill or the mindset that you have, so... Uh, I'm sure you got it in there somewhere, bro. Probably, maybe, so may, maybe. If I developed something, painted something or whatever my art was, and then 10 years time saw it in Phillips, Christie's, Sotheby's and seeing it go under the hammer for like four or five times the, the estimate, I'd be like, fucking hell, this is, it's more than the money. It would be like that, wow, that, that euphoria moment. I'm like, this is so cool. So no doubt pushing your market, giving more and more value to your audience and also getting your like your, your vision or your message out there. I think why not? It can well, happen. I think people sometimes struggle to look past like right now, yeah, and what they're feeling right now and how things are right now. I had some discussions with with a bunch of people in the art market actually, just about like what I want. And, and a common question is like, so what do you want like out of this next show that you're doing? I want to produce something bigger next yeah. time, and I want this to keep expanding. Of course, I want to build crazy shit. And I'm seeing that five years from now. I'm seeing that 10 years from now. I'm seeing how ridiculous and exciting and fun that can be. When there's an entire world at my show, you can have an entire experiential event. Yeah. I want to build the infrastructure for that to happen. Yeah. To give people experiences that they can't find anywhere else that are beautiful and inspire them. Yeah. And uh, my work is going to get people stoked when they see it for this new show. I think my work is going to inspire a bunch of people um which is rad well and i pray it does but the vision is so much bigger yeah on the line yeah uh but yeah for sure like on this show i want to make money so that i can make that vision yeah happen, right i'm actually really happy you said that because i've met our artists plenty of them and maybe some of them do think this but some of them probably think the way you do or i do but they're afraid to say because they feel like they're going to be attached because they're part of the art market but right. it is yeah, giving great art, giving a good good message, all that stuff, we know that. But it's also about making money as well. And what my mentor says, who actually helps me with the podcast and stuff, a guy called Rob Moore, fantastic guy. 
Uh, he says that the more money you make, the more money you can give away. So therefore, you should want to make a lot of money. And one of my personal goals, when people ask me how much money do you want to make, you know, some people now expect to hear this kind of like clever saying, I'm straight up billionaire, want to be a billionaire. I've written it down on my, on my, go- uh, my vision board. They're like, oh, why do you want to do that? Going back to the NHS, my vision, and this is what I shared with Mimbosa before, this is part of the journey with them, is I want to have my own type NHS, but it's wellness. It's a wellness type NHS. I believe in prevention rather than cure. So not knocking anything the NHS do, no, but it's, really, all, it's, all, it's all medication, it's all pharmaceutical drugs a lot of the time. Yes, sir. Like I saw my nan, who sadly passed away this year, she lived a good life, but so they were feeding her junk as she was in, in the thing but they were right. t- they were telling her drink this orange juice is going to be good for you and little did she know because of lack of education in actual fact that is this thing that is going to stimulate the cancer inside of you to actually kill you but they're giving it to you in hospital it's crazy so the wellness centers that i want to develop because i will be a billionaire is education about nutrition it's education about certain kind of things pharmaceutical Things will have a place in there because I think they do have a place. Right on, man. But it's going to be more about educational and there's going to be fitness programs and there's going to be rehab programs. And that's why I want to make all that money. So when you said... That's fucking beautiful. I want to make loads of money. I'm happy you said that because you want to give people experiences. You want to give people not just a typical gallery or a typical show. You want People want to walk through this kind of journey with you and think you know what this Harris Newcomb stuff is fucking amazing mate you know I live in I live in this like tiny little flat right every single penny I make gets poured straight back into making something cool like that's the shit that excites me yeah mate your story's fucking great that's a beautiful thing man I I really look forward to seeing that mate and some of your work's gonna be on the wall you know, yeah. we could do it together. We could have a <laughs> yeah. Newcomb wing or something. I don't know if I'll be able to afford to. Uh, yeah, whatever. Oh, of course, man. I'll definitely you're donate on, some work. So you're you're on the, on this journey. Um, go into your Instagram then. You're yeah. approaching two hundred thousand followers on now. Approaching. We got we got ten to go for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's that's incredible. I mean, how did you get to that following, dude? It's the exact same philosophy that that you outlined earlier. It's just putting out stuff that you think will add value. Yeah, and if people dig it, they'll dig it, and if they don't, they don't. But you just got to put it out there because you fuck with it. Like I, I like the photos that are on my Instagram. I put them out there. Like, I edited it down like crazy, so th- th- there's not nearly as much stuff on there as there was. But like everything on there, I like it. Yeah, right. So I would continuously just post photos that I like, and um, I'm grateful that other people felt it too. And I think that's it. So th- I think initially when I started taking photographs. There wasn't as much diversity in photography. So I'm I'm the originator of the specific style that I shoot in. Yeah. And now there's there's a, a lot of people that imitate it, which is super cool. Uh so they're trying, they're like refining it, you know, which is kind of interesting and it's interesting to see what they're doing. But I started that. So with that in mind, I think naturally I'd be the one that has the most people watching. Yeah. And and that's it really. Like I can't really add much more to that than I've said. Yeah. I didn't do anything in particular. There was no huge moments. There's this girl called Samantha Maria who has a ton of followers who I shot back in the day. And that was great for my following, but like not in some epic way. That yeah. was like maybe a couple thousand people. Like my friend Fishball, who was killing it. She's this bomb rapper from Italy. Who's, a bomb rapper? Yeah, she's just big and she's just dope. Okay. She's very, very, very good at what she does. It's like, so I shoot her as well and she has a ton of followers. But it's, it's not so much that because the foundation was always there. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The yeah. foundation was always there. So I definitely have shot people that have a lot of followers, but the foundation was always there. And also I think that, and I, I can only really speak to photography in this. I think it's because, because my style is specific that when they post photos by me, people want to know who those photos are by. I yeah. don't think it works for everyone to shoot people that have a lot of followers. Yeah. It, it doesn't really ch- change anything if the work is generic. Like, the mm-hmm. work has to be, like, unique, right? I think that goes the same with artists. Like, if artists collaborate with musicians online or whoever, everything, basically. Yeah. I think as long as it's unique and it looks special and there's more of that on your Instagram, then yeah, that should do, do people well. Yeah. So out of your like your, your following, obviously you got the social following. Then yeah. you have maybe core 
fans, collectors, investors, however we want to label them, they yeah. must be in now because I think I remember having a few conversations. There's like iconic people, celebrities, or maybe VIPs who are buying your stuff right now. Is there anything, anyone that like reaching out to you or is quite recognised as someone pretty cool or up there? Or are you not allowed to drop that at the moment? That's an interesting. No, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that so okay. much right now. But you have got. You but have there's got some cool some people out there. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot of love, and I, I, I have some awesome collectors as well. Like I, I have some really, really great collectors that have interesting backgrounds. But I most definitely would consult with them before I start name No problem. Right, God bless them. They're, they're helping me yeah. stay afloat as I spend all of their money on taking more ridiculous photos that hopefully they'll buy again. Yeah, amazing. It's an amazing. Uh, it's an amazing cycle. I, I feel very blessed to to just know these human beings nice. and to, to be sat here with you too, man. Wicked, man. So just to conclude everything then and, and wrap it up, uh, thank you for your time. Is there anything that you would want to share with the audience or anyone? Because we're going to be publicising this on my podcast, Stephen Study Study, Woodbury so, House. Obviously, I'm one of the co-founders here. We're sitting here right now. Mimboso is a wellness community that we started. I think it's very, very important that people hear it on there. So everyone can get inspired or get something from it. What is there anything else you would like to like leave or tell people where to find your stuff or what to what you're yeah, going to be doing or so any I, messages basically so i think certainly i would let everyone know oh i, I want to thank my followers for their patience for this new work that's coming out you know they've been waiting for me to drop something crazy and i've been hyping it up and i think that's it's you've seen the work oh mate it's epic you've seen the work it's very <laughs> different right yeah it's very very different it's, yeah it's a new type of stuff and but i don't think that i, I don't think in any way it, it takes away from the old stuff like yeah. i think the old stuff's the old stuff, the new stuff's the new stuff. They're both good. This new shit, totally fucking different, but it's, it's kind of exciting. Uh, so I, I just want to thank everybody involved, that, or, or just everyone that's been waiting uh, for waiting. Yeah. It's coming soon, and uh, and thanks for that. I think that's pretty much it. I, I just, yeah. Then you just keep, keep on doing what you're doing. Yeah, man. Well, keep like, grinding. You're, you're, Don't you're, give up. you're an inspiration. You know, I've got no doubt in five or ten years from now, or even sooner, we're going to be seeing some massive things from you. And I'll just tell you one personal note just to wrap this up. I remember even a short time ago, I don't know if I told you this, I was running through Farnborough Park, which is near me. I won't mention the person, uh-huh. but I was running past this big old house and I looked to the left and I just saw, because the door was open, and as I was running, turned to the left, and I saw one of your pieces in this massive house and I thought, that makes me even feel good because I know you. I'm going past a random house to a degree it's a fat house. There's a beautiful photo, and I recognise it straight away. And I thought, mate, Harris has got a fucking bright future ahead of him because Blessings, even now, kind of still in the early stages, these people are collecting your work. So yeah, exciting times for you, and also hope we're going to be a part of that journey Ooh, with you. Cr- crazy grateful for all of that, man. Cool, man. Blessings, Thank you for your time. Oh, We've done that. Beautiful. <laughs> she should take that again. <laughs> all right, nice. I'll go for elbow next. Yeah, time. yeah. All right, done. All right. Blessings. I think we're done. Cheers. <laughs>